Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is on kidney cancer from an outstanding chapter on genitourinary malignancies authored by Dr. Arjun Belar, MD and Dr. Matthew Miloski, MD. The uh, chapter is published in Baliga's textbook of internal medicine with 1,480 multiple choice questions available at www.mastermedfacts.com. Dr. Baylor is the Director of Genital Urinary Medical Oncology Program at NYU Langone's Perlmutter Cancer Center, where he leads a team of medical oncologists, nurse practitioners, social workers, and other care providers who are dedicated to treating people with genital urinary cancers, such as prostate cancer, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, and testicular cancer. Dr. Matthew Miloski, MD, is the George Gabriel Villarreal Distinguished Professor of Bladder and Genital Urinary Cancer Research. He is the Section Chief of Genital Urinary Oncology and the Co-Director of the Urologic Oncology Program at the UNC Lineberger Comprehensive Cancer Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Kidney cancer. Cancers of the kidney and real pelvis are comprised of different histologic subtypes based on the tissue of origin. Around 64,770 cases were diagnosed in the U.S. in 2012. 8% are cancers of the renal pelvis, which are typically urothelial cancers and are treated similar to cancers of the urinary bladder. Cancers that arise from renal cortex are termed renal cell cancers and comprise 80 to 85% of all primary kidney neoplasms. The most common histological subtype of Renal cell cancer is clear cell, that is 75 to 85 percent. Other histologies include papillary, that's 10 to 15 percent, chromophobes, 5 to 10 percent, oncocytoma, less than 5 percent, collecting death, which are rare, medullary are rare and are associated with young age at diagnosis and sickle cell trait. Lymphoma and sarcoma can also rarely arise in the kidney as well. Acquired somatic, genetic, and epigenetic alterations in the von Hippel-Lindau PHL gene located on chromosome 3P or petit, leading to loss of function, are found in up to 90% of sporadic cases of clear cell renal cell cancer. The normal function of the von Hippel-Lindau protein or the VHL protein, which is the product of the VHL gene, is degradation of target proteins such as hypoxia inducible factor 1A, HIF-1A via E3 ubiquitin ligase activity. Loss of VHL protein function leads to constitutive activation of HIF-1A, a transcription factor that induces the expression for number of angiogenesis-related proteins, which is implicated as an early event in the path pathogenesis of clear cell, renal cell cancer. Risk factors for kidney cancer. Renal cell cancer is more common in men than in women. 1.5 is to 1. In the median age, a diagnosis is 64 years. Risk factors for renal cell cancer include smoking, obesity, hypertension, chronic analgesic use, example phenacetine, and family history. The majority of renal cell cancers are sporadic 
hereditary cancer syndrome such as von Hippel-Lindau syndrome account for less than 5%. In the von Hippel-Lindau disease, the gene defect is the VHL gene defect which is a, an autosomal dominant mode of inheritance. The age of onset of kidney cancer is 20s. Tumor types and clinical manifestations include brain where there's hemangioblastoma most common in 60 to 80% retinal angiomas clear cell renal cell cancer in 66% of the patients pheochromocytoma in the adrenals and neuroendocrine tumors of the pancreas type 1 is low risk for pheochromocytoma type 2a is low risk for renal cell cancers and type 2 B is high risk for renal cell cancers. Hereditary papillary renal cell carcinoma syndrome. The gene defect is in the MET gene. Its mode of inheritance is autosomal dominant. Age range of onset is 40 to 60s. It's type 1 kidney papillary renal cell carcinoma. The tumors are multifocal, hypovascular, bilateral kidney tumors. The course is generally indolent. HLRCC is hereditary leomyomatosis and renal cell cancer syndrome, where the gene defect is in the fumarate hydratase or the FH gene. The mode of inheritance is autosomal dominant. Age of onset is 20 to 30s. The kidney tumors are type 2 papillary renal cell carcinoma. Also seen are leomyomas of the skin and uterus. Renal cell cancer occurs in 10 to 15% of the patients, most commonly in women. It's aggressive, often widely metastatic at presentation with small primary kidney tumor. Uterine fibroids often are severely symptomatic. The next syndrome is the Burt Hogg Dube syndrome. BIRT, HOGG, DUBE syndrome, where the gene defect is in the follicular gene. The mode of inheritance is autosomal recessive. The age of onset is 40 to 50s. It's a variable and mixed histology of uh, renal cell cancer. Skin uh, tumors include fibrofolliculomas, which are benign. There are multiple pulmonary cysts, which are benign in the lungs. 27% of these patients develop renal cell cancer, which present as bilateral multifocal kidney tumors, generally indolent, chromophobe and oncocytic renal cell carcinomas are most common. 25% have risk of spontaneous pneumothorax in patients with pulmonary cysts. The next category of hereditary kidney cancers are hereditary paraganglioma, and pheochromocytoma. The gene defect is in the succinate dehydrogenase gene. The mode of inheritance is autosomal dominant. The age of onset is in the 30s. There are head and neck paragangliomas and there are clear cell and chromophobe renal cell cancer. Paragangliomas less commonly occur in the chest, abdomen, pelvis and bladder. The next category of hereditary syndrome includes tuberous sclerosis complex where the gene is either TSC1 or TSC2 
the mode of inheritance is autosomal dominant the age of onset is infancy the kidney tumors are bilateral multifocal angiomyolipomas and renal cell cancer rhabdomyosarcomas of the soft tissue is another manifestation hematomas of the brain eyes heart lung liver kidney and skin may also occur the renal cell cancer is typically clear cell and occurs in less than 5% and presents in adulthood and is more common in women finally there are autosomal dominant polycystic kidney disease where the gene defect is in the pkd gene the mode of inheritance is autosomal dominant age of onset is 50 to 70s there are multifocal bilateral renal cell cancers there are associated cerebral aneurysms there may be valvular abnormalities of the heart high blood pressure and hypertrophy of the left ventricle also seen are cysts of the kidneys liver pancreas spleen thyroid and epididymis the incidence of renal cell cancer is not increased compared to the general population but more likely to be multifocal bilateral and with a sarcomatoid differentiation most of these patients die of heart disease and neurologic events keys to the history and physical exam the classic triad of flank pain hematuria and palpable upper abdominal mass occurs in only 10% of the patients and suggests more locally advanced disease with the increased use of routine abdominal ct imaging more renal cell cancers are now diagnosed incidentally during the workup for another medical problem when symptoms are present hematuria is most common a variety of paraneoplastic syndromes have been described in renal cell cancer and these include erythrocytosis thrombocytosis hepatic dysfunction or stauffer syndrome stauffer stauffer syndrome and a amyloidosis and hypercalcemia anemia can occur in 30 to 90% it could be severe normocytic or microcytic is associated advanced disease iron studies are consistent with anemia of chronic disease erythrocytosis occurs in about 3% there is increased red cell mass and rarely there is plethora is related to excessive production of erythropoietin and impaired degradation of, of hypoxia inducible transcription factors thrombocytosis occurs in, in less than 10% the platelet count is greater than 400000 possibly related to tumor il6 production it's associated with a poor prognosis stauffer syndrome stauffer is re- reversible hepatic dysfunction it occurs in less than 20% There's elevated alkaline phosphatase, bilirubin, low albumin, prolonged PTT, associated fever, fatigue, and weight loss. There's associated non-metastatic renal cell cancer and can resolve after nephrectomy. Hypercalcemia occurs in 15%. There's cognitive dysfunction, nausea, constipation, renal dysfunction, and muscle weakness. There are multiple causes. including increased parathyroid hormone related peptide prostaglandins causing increased bone resorption and there are lytic bone metastases 
The final paraneoplastic manifestation is AA amyloidosis, which occurs in 3 to 5%. The manifestations include nephrotic syndrome and rarely liver involvement. It's due to a chronic inflammatory state and there's an increase in serum amyloid A protein. Differential diagnosis and screening. Renal masses are initially broadly classified as solid versus cystic. Cystic renal masses are subclassified from type 1 to type 4 according to density, size and presence of septations, calcifications and or solid elements. Complicated cysts or mixed solid and cystic renal masses are more likely to be associated with malignancy. Solid renal masses are presumed to be malignant until proven otherwise. CT and or MRI of the abdomen Pelvis with contrast and renal ultrasound can usually differentiate benign cystic renal masses commonly in up to one-third of the patients above the age of 50 years from malignancy. Routine screening of asymptomatic individuals is not indicated because of low prevalence of renal cell cancer in the general population. At-risk individuals such as those with inherited cancer syndromes, example von Hippel-Lindau or tuberous sclerosis or a strong family history can be considered for periodic radiographic screening. Helpful diagnostic tests including risk stratification and staging. The initial laboratory workup for a patient with renal cell cancer should include a CBC, basic metabolic profile including creatinine to assess renal function, serum calcium levels, liver enzymes and LDH, which are helpful in risk stratification and metastatic disease. In addition to an MRI or CT scan of the abdomen and pelvis, an X-ray or CT of the chest should be done to evaluate for distant disease. If clinically indicated, a bone scan or MRI of the spine is helpful in evaluating bone metastasis. Real cell cancer is staged surgically using TNM classification, stage 1 tumors are 7 cm or less, and stage 2 tumors are greater than 7 cm and confined to the kidney. Stage 3 tumors either involve the major renal vein or perinephric tissues or have regional lymph node involvement. Stage 4 tumors either invade beyond garrotus fascia and or the adrenal gland or involve distant sites. Treatment of localized disease Localized disease is managed surgically with complete nephrectomy or partial nephrectomy if clinically indicated, followed by surveillance. Tri trials are currently ongoing evaluating targeted therapy in the adjuvant setting to reduce risk of recurrence. Treatment of metastatic disease Although medical therapy is the mainstay of management of metastatic disease, nephrectomy to reduce tumor burden, that is cytoreductive nephrectomy, has also been shown to improve survival and should be pursued when possible. Cytotoxic chemotherapy is ineffective in advanced renal cell cancer. Prior to the advent of molecularly targeted therapy, immunotherapy with IL-2 and interferon alpha, thought to stimulate anti-tumor immune response, were the only available treatments. A small minority of patients had durable complete remissions, largely limited to patients with oligometastatic disease, and treatment was often associated with severe toxicity. 
Several signal transduction pathways are critical for the development of renal cell cancer and progression including the vascular endothelial growth factor pathway that is the VEGF pathway and the phosphoinositide 3 kinase or PI3 kinase or ACT or mammalian target of rapamycin that is PI3K ACT or mTOR pathway. Over the last decade, the advent of agents that target these specific pathways has had a profound impact on the prognosis and survival. Sorofenib, bevacizumab, axitinib, sunitinib, and pazopanib, which are inhibitors of the VEGF pathway, Evrolimus and Temsirolimus, which are mTOR inhibitors, are currently approved by the US FDA for treatment of advanced renal cell cancer. Currently, sunitinib, an inhibitor of VEGF receptor, is considered standard first-line therapy in favorable and intermediate risk patients, and temsirolimus, an inhibitor of mTOR in poor risk patients. Natural history and prognosis. Renal cell cancer is a heterogeneous disease, and patient prognosis depends on a variety of host and tumor factors. Localized disease that is managed with complete surgical excision is generally associated with good prognosis and the risk of recurrence is dependent on histologic factors and pathologic stage. The most common sites for advanced disease include lymph nodes, adrenals, contralateral kidney, lung, bone, liver and brain and is generally incurable. Pre-treatment factors such as poor performance status, elevated serum LDH, low hemoglobin, elevated serum calcium level and advanced disease at the time of initial diagnosis are strongly associated with worse prognosis. Tumor factors such as high nuclear grade or sarcomatoid features in both clear cell and non-clear cell renal cell cancer are associated with poor prognosis. When to refer, all patients with a suspicious kidney mass should be referred to a urologist for evaluation. Multiple choice question. A 56-year-old woman with no significant past medical history presents with three months of progressive fevers and chills, night sweats, unintended 10-pound weight loss, and left flank pain. She also noted hematuria for the first time one week ago. She denies shortness of breath, cough, nausea, and vomiting. On examination, her blood pressure is 155 by 70 and heart rate 95. She is afebrile. There's a palpable left-sided abdominal mass that is tender. There's also costovertebral angle tenderness on the left side. The remainder of the examination is normal. A computer tomography of the abdomen and pelvis reveals a 7.6 cm left lower pole renal mass with mixed solid and cystic components. The adrenal gland appears uninvolved and no enlarged renal lymph nodes are noted. A CT scan of the chest reveals several scattered pulmonary nodules up to 2 cm bilaterally and three sclerotic bone lesions in the left, ninth, and 10th rib that are most consistent with metastatic disease. What is the next best step in the management? A. Interleukin 2 B. Nephrectomy C. Suntinib D. Etoposide And the answer is B. Nephrectomy This patient 
most likely has metastatic renal cell carcinoma to the lungs and bone. The presence of systemic complaints such as fever and chills and night sweats is not uncommon in advanced kidney cancer. While renal cell carcinomas have a characteristic radiographic appearance, a definitive diagnosis with tissue is necessary. Nephrectomy will allow for proper diagnosis and reduced tumor burden, so-called cytoreductive nephrectomy, as well as elevate the patient's pain and possibly the constitutional symptoms related to the disease. Cytoreductive nephrectomy has also been shown to improve survival and should be considered for patients in whom the primary renal mass constitutes a significant portion of the tumor burden. Interleukin-2 and interferon alpha immunotherapy were the only therapies approved for advanced renal cell carcinoma until the more recent approval of several targeted agents became available. Sunitinib is considered a standard first-line treatment for patients with favorable and intermediate risk advanced clear cell renal cell carcinoma and could be considered for this patient after appropriate tissue diagnosis. This podcast is derived from an outstanding chapter on genitive urinary cancer in Baliga's textbook on internal medicine with 1480 multiple choice questions available at www.mastermedfacts.com. The chapter is authored by Dr. Arjun Belar, MD, who is Director of Genitive Urinary Medical Oncology Program at NYU Langone's Palmetto Cancer Center, and Dr. Matthew Miloski, MD, the George Gabriel Villiers Distinguished Professor of Bladder and Genitive Urinary Cancer Research. He's also Section Chief for Genitive Urinary Oncology and the Co-Director of the Urologic Oncology Program at the UNC Lineberger Comprehensive Cancer Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina.